podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. In less time than it takes to boil the kettle, Dyson Maeda opened his account for Celtic with a strike after just 3 minutes 37 seconds. Not to be outdone, his countryman Rio Hitati then went on to pick up the Man of the Match award with a dazzling all-round display from the centre of midfield and we went on to comfortably take care of Sean Maloney's hibs. All in all, it was a brilliant return to action for Celtic and one which really sets down a marker for the second half of the season. This is episode 53 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by James and Sinke to cover all things Celtic. James, a magic night under the floodlights, what stood out for you? Getting the football back was was a big thing. The anticipation for yesterday was, you know, really high amongst the fans and great to get back under the lights, all that stuff. Hatati just stood out the whole game, um, everything he did, so calm, composed. Yeah, Sinke, solid debuts from all three Japanese guys, I'd say, so obviously, you know, Hatati man of the match, Maeda doing his thing early bells. And I think Gucci done okay when he came on. But that, in addition to Jota's return, a clean sheet, good night's work, eh? That was a great night's work. Um, one of the highlights for me was Big Vickers. I thought he was absolutely Aye. outstanding. Um, great to be back at Park Paradise under the under the disco lights on a, on a Monday night. Um, that was good. And yeah, the new boys done well. Gucci, never really seen enough of them. And I'm sure we will see over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, pretty much pretty happy with last night's viewing. Got to be. What else would you be doing on Monday night? Uh, watching Monday night football. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, Fair enough. enough. Um, I think you're right about Carter Vickers. In a good way, I think he looks like he's in second gear. He yeah. just doesn't look he's, like he's breaking sweat and he's just very, very comfy there. And he kind of goes under the radar. He's not going to make headlines the way a, a Jota or Maeda, Kyogo, you know, any of these guys do. But he's just such a steady influence at the back. Yeah, and it's been a long time coming, you know, having that kind of calmness. And that, that that's a big thing. He's just so calm under pressure he knows what he's doing he handles his duels really well yeah so obviously last night was a return uh, to SPFL action after a break of just over three weeks clearly the right call to to bring the winter break forward as you say James there was real anticipation there just you know around a few narratives the the possibility of the the debuts for the Japanese boys Jota returning as I'd mentioned Sinky and the full house under the lights that just made for everything so you know there was lots to look forward to but if you were nervous don't need to worry, dies in my head, three minutes 37, putting us all at ease. Yeah, and just, you know, an early goal is great in any game. That We're always looking for that in case teams start to, you know, get confident and stick to being defensive. But the fact that it was your debut guy, and for me, Hatate went a wee bit under the radar on the on the arrival. It was, Maeda was catching all the, the headlines, so obviously I didn't quite work it that way in the game. But for Maeda to get a debut goal so early, it just, it... it Made you realise we've signed a player and we can relax and start to enjoy this game. Definitely. I mean, Sinky, do you remember many others scoring as quickly as that on the, the first starts for Celtic? The obvious one's George Cadet. I was going to say that. I was any, like, any more? I've got a couple, but you any that sprinkled George Cadet's the big one. I think that knocked out the sound in the BBC Scotland. I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure I was at that game. We never had, um, it was a Jock Steenstam, wasn't it, at the time? Um, but I, George Cadet is the, the one for me. What you got? So Cadet, that was against Aberdeen, a 5 0 win in April 2006. This isn't from my notes either, I just... Ah, <laughs> uh, Barry Robson, he's got a free kick against Aberdeen, if you remember, he came off the bench. First with, touch? With 1-5-1, first touch, ah, just right. stuck it in the net, that was February 2008. Uh, there's Gary McKay Stephen, 38 seconds, v Thistle, in right. February 2015. The other ones I've noted, I believe as well, though, there was uh, Chris Sutton against Dundee United, you know, a scoring debut and a couple of other big moments, but 
of what a way to make your mark. You know, there's there's no better way to do it in front of a full Celtic Park. As a striker as well, and a, and a, and a new striker, your first goal is really, really important. It yeah. just takes, it takes the pressure off you and you can relax a bit as well. But a dream debut, yeah. absolute dream debut. I, I mean, some strikers go couple of games five games ten games and they get more nervous he's not even gone 10 minutes <laughs> so he's done his job and then some that was recorded as a that's a five thousand so easy for me to say five thousandth goal uh, to be scored in the the spl or the scottish premiership here as well so it's a landmark goal it's obviously a big one for uh maya that he get you'll have seen his wee celebration the wee ah he's excited to be his daughter is that right Absolutely not. That is it then? <laughs> Good Tell guess. So. That is it then? Uh, so apparently the celebration, um, it's, it's an homage of sorts to a wee Japanese anime. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a character called Anpan Man. Can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> I love the money search for that one. Uh, if you don't know now, you know. That's the kind of insight we provide, James. Uh, anime, it's, uh, yeah. it's clear that that's why the, the listeners keep coming back. A lot of big <laughs> anime fans out there, yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to Ryo Hatati. As you'd mentioned, dream debut for all of these guys, but he did come in. I'm not saying he came in under the radar. There was obviously a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement around the three guys, but Celtic themselves described him as a utility man. And that almost immediately kind of dampens your enthusiasm. You know, he's, he's not a 10, he's not a 6, is he a left back? He would be wasted at left back. The guy is so much yeah. more. And he's a real box to box. A utility man. man in Scottish terms, <laughs> isn't he that kind of utility man? Yeah, if that's a utility man in, in Japan, I'll get some more bodies over here. Yeah, give, give me all your utility guys. <laughs> um, but he just showed, I actually think he's more than a 10. Uh, you know, he's he's real box to box. He's real energy. At times he was sitting deep alongside McGregor and zipping passes right and left and pinging them about. Then other times he's getting on the end of, you know, shots on goal and, buzzing back and forth I just think I used to think you know it's early showings early bells but I think there's a real find there and just touched on the fact that this kid is here to go to the very top of the game and I think not to dampen anyone's enthusiasm but I think we've got to enjoy him while he's here because he looks ambitious and on first showing he looks like he's got everything he looks like a player you can tell I mean it's, you don't want to put the expectation on him too too much I think everyone's jumped in the bandwagon in the last 24 hours but you can tell like Good players find space. He was finding pockets, five yards, one touch passes outside to the boot pings. The full, the full shebang. So I think everyone's jumping in this bandwagon that we've got a player in their hands. And you're right, you know, we need to enjoy him because potentially he goes to the World Cup if we can keep him for that long. Goes to the World Cup and then he's off. But I think we've got a real find yeah. on our hands here. I mean, the World Cup's in November, so I hope we can keep him. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least for a calendar year, that'd be nice. Yeah. Miff made a good point a few weeks ago about how he I don't rates that. a new player. <laughs> it happens now and again. And he talked about how, how a player takes a ball. And if you look at how Hattati takes a ball, it's yeah. it's class. And it's not just the passes. Quite a few times last night, he took it round the, the first defender, if you like, to create a bit more space for himself to provide more options for his passes. So he's got that in his locker as well. Yeah, I think his energy levels, amongst others, is this what stands him out from somebody similar-ish in terms of technical ability and David Turnbull? You know, there's going to be a real question here. Turnbull's been very important to Celtic, even over the last 12 months before Ange came in. He became a mainstay, um, you know, eventually under Neil Lennon. But he doesn't have that pace and that energy and that drive that Hatati's, you know, brought to the table. Does that mean that, you know, once everyone's fit and available, Turnbull may struggle to get back in? Potentially. I mean, I was thinking about it last night, the, when we've got a fully fit, squad to choose from and I include Jota in that coming back for injury the manager's got a bit of headache when we went from <laughs> struggling with playing your youth players like your Dawson's and stuff like that to potentially having a really really strong 11 and you know what it's a good headache to have but I mean Turnbull's seen is probably one of Angie's favourites he started a load of games for him um, you've got you quoted the stats of the week 
But as well as that, Turnbull takes a lot of the set plays. He's involved in quite a lot of things, but energy levels, the way Andrew wants to play, does Turnbull really fit that? And Hatati does. Hatati starts. I think he definitely does. And it's, you know, we're one game in, but it's clear to see, you know, if you know football in any way, and we don't, so that's good. <laughs> but, you know, just from the outside looking in, the guy is clearly a talent and you can just see everything that he brings to the table. There was a wee fun clip, of course, when he, he found out he was man of the match. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen yeah, it. I've, I've watched it about 20 times. Yeah, so I think James Forrest gave him the nudge. Obviously, he may struggle to hear over the tannoy what, what's been said. <laughs> James Forrest gave him the nudge and he was buzzing. I, I, th- I, think, I think you've been very kind there. If you've got a, a player in Celtic to explain to a Japanese guy who doesn't <laughs> speak English, you don't pick James, James Forrest. Like guy. Come on. <laughs> I actually thought when, uh, when both Maeda and Hatate were called off as subs, you know, come through the, the announcer, so John Ledbeth, the announcer at Celtic Park. The two of them didn't realise we're coming off because he's like, I'm coming yeah. off for Celtic after having made his debut. And they'll be going, what's, what's this guy saying? <laughs> and then when they see the numbers going up, 41 and 38, they were off. But just really, really impressive uh, all round. I mean, to touch back on Maeda, obviously his goal, huge impact very early on. He didn't have a lot of telling contributions, James, that aside, he, he ran the channels, he was energetic, he worked hard. His closing, you know, there's a lot of the stuff you don't see, I suppose, the closing down that he and Abada and Forrest were doing, but he didn't get a lot of service if we're being, you know, really honest about the, the way the game played out overall. I think he got one piece of clean service from Rogic got his goal. He had a header chance from a, a decent cross from Taylor. Mm-hmm. Apart from those two, I can't think of anything that was really clean cut where he was, you know, through on goal or a chance to shoot or anything. It was more about the rest of his game is more about closing down. I mean, the keeper must have come really close more than once, <laughs> yeah. you know. Several times. Is he yeah. faster than Kyogo? I think so. I think he is. Uh, do you know what? Like, Miff touched on a couple of weeks ago. He probably wanted to change his game slightly. I mean, he did drop in deep a couple of times, but with teams like Hibs, and Hibs are probably not the worst example, but I mean, this low block, I think you talked about it last week as well, James. Like, the low block, he'll need to potentially change the way he plays because playing that ball over the top is I mean a lot of the goals we watched on YouTube of him he's clean through he's, he's burying it by the keeper it's going to be a different different kettle of fish in Scotland with it Aye. yeah I mean we'll get into this mm-hmm. it was for further down but okay. we catch this just now do you know the possession stats from last night have you seen that? I heard Hibs Hibs, Hibs had uh, most of the possession yep so very interestingly Hibs had 53% possession to her 47% it didn't feel like that at the time no I was surprised when I saw that last night when I got home yeah um, so you know we, we, we certainly controlled the game. It was passive, but it was very much it was obviously Sean Maloney impact. I mean, yeah. Hankey's mm-hmm. still with Belgium eh, watching some of the Hibs stuff. They get caught. He's got them playing out for the back. Ah, he's got them big time. Uh, keeper be. playing short all the time out for the back. But a lot of it was side to side. Um, and you know what? Watching Hibs compared to a few weeks ago, with, like obviously during the Jack Ross tenure, they've completely changed the way they play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously they're lying to the possession, but they didn't really do much with it. No. Well, that's it. So the possession stats have been doing the rounds on Twitter today and somebody pointed, I'm not sure, maybe Dan Tosney, who, who follows us, pointed out that this may well be a tactic, allowing, at Celtic Park, allowing the opposition to an extent to have some possession, to maybe get a bit more confident, maybe to come out a wee bit. You know, and we know that Hibs are always going to come and play football, but less so with maybe a, a Dundee United, certainly a Livingston. And it's almost a, you know, a kind of cat and mouse thing, kind of coax them out. And then when they're least expecting it, and when, they're, when their low block has come up five, ten yards, that's when you pounce. Because Celtic were quite happy to let them have that passive possession, which is fine, they're not hurting us in the middle third and even a wee bit further forward and they never really it, it used to be the case where they, they crossed the halfway line that's when you started to to close but we did let them we did let them have the ball quite a lot and you know what it's like sometimes you're playing with lower quality players and I know I'm being disrespectful to Hibs but sometimes you're better letting them have the ball so you, so you can go and take it off them potentially or, or they'll make a mistake our, our percentage of winning the ball 
back from them must have been very, very high. So they were confident in doing that. So why yeah. not let them create a gap at the back? There was a lot of turnovers and Maeda was involved with some of them. Hatati, Abada as well, mm-hmm. you know, stealing the ball. The, the first goal, the goal came from yeah, yeah, that. Right. Just interestingly, in terms of that possession stat, so as I said, they're 53%, Hibs to our 47%. The last time Celtic were out-possessioned. Am I using that term? Possessed. I'm going for it. Barca? Possessed. <laughs> domestically, at least. I don't, right, know, okay. I don't know the, the stats here. Barca was like 97%. Three uh, domestically, the last time was 2nd of April 2016 against Hearts. Um, the kind of last days of the Ronnie Dyle era. It was a game we won 3-1, but you know, that's a big chunk of possession. This is at Celtic Park, I believe. Not so sure with other fixtures. So Alan Morrison on Twitter, a lot of folk on him. He's Celtic by numbers Twitter account. Really good for those kind of stats uh, and data. Um, Tony McLaughlin as well, Celtic trend. So lots of good information there for anyone that wants to follow those guys. But I just thought it was very interesting and it was a change in tactics. It's certainly the first time that Ange Postecoglou Celtic have been, haven't had the lion's share of possession. So has it shown maybe a change in his approach, maybe a change in the pragmatism? Yeah, we, we spoke about it after the, the Olivier draw at Parkhead that maybe it was worth try, trialling something like that because any team that wants to put 10 players you know, along their 18-yard line and you're constantly trying to break through that, it's, you know, it's, it's nigh on impossible. So let them come forward a bit, create that gap. I, I think it's, uh, I think Angie's been watching that and saying, I need to do something different and this might be it. What I'm mindful of as well is, obviously we just came back from like an extended break. So maybe we've been quite tactical in our approach and saying, right, okay, don't do your tanking. Pretty much, I know we've got five subs now, but don't do your tanking. When they get to a certain stage, then you're hunting packs. So maybe that's a kind of changing tack until we get fully up to speed. Because, as you've seen in the second half, we kind of, like like any Ange team, usually you get the last 15, 10 minutes, we're, we're, we're done mm. pretty much because uh, we put so much into the, the first half and after the second half. But it, it seemed to be a lot earlier last night yeah. in terms of the energy levels. And I thought it was interesting. I'd have been quite sure he'd have made the changes on the hour mark, which he often does. He waited a little bit. 70 odd minutes. minutes. I was quite surprised, especially with the five subs. Mm-hmm. And also with the, the Japanese guys making their first start, I thought it was, it'd have been. Who, who are we to tell Andrew? But I thought it'd been, you know, a sensible thing to do to give them the hour, allow them to bed in and then get that rest. But he's made his call. He may also be thinking what's down the line. We'll get to it later on in the show, but there's an Aloha game, which is a not a, an inconvenience, but it's, it gets in the road of the flow, league yeah. stuff and it's it's on an artificial surface. So we'll catch all of that. But in terms of the energy levels, certainly the first half, you know, really, really strong. As I'd mentioned, you know, Maeda, Hatati, Abada, I don't think Abada had a particularly good game. No, but he was both the goals, yeah. goals. You know, he's, he's kind of pressing and harrying. And Ange, it's clear that he's always wanted to do that. But it's one thing wanting to do something. But if you don't have the personnel, and you've got to argue that in certainly his early weeks and months, he didn't have, you can't do that. You know, you, you just, you know, everyone wants to play like Barcelona. But if you don't have the players of Barcelona, I mean Barcelona are bold, of course. <laughs> I know they uh, But generally speaking. So it, it just makes a huge difference to how we play and, and what options he's got. Absolutely. And we've now got strength and depth rather than, you know, we, we spoke about it before, the Leverkusen was the prime example. You're swapping quality for a real, real drop. That's just not the case anymore. Um, and what you said earlier on about, what was yourself saying, you saying about a first 11. I think we've got a first 17, 18, and there's going to be interchanging within that. You're looking at Ralston skills can count themselves unlucky not to start last night. Yeah. Um, I think one of two, like I think Juranovic is the right pick at right back. I think skills is the right pick at left back. But everyone will have been told, sometimes it'll be you, sometimes it'll be the other guy. We're going to need both of you to get through this season. Yeah, I've no doubt there's a, an approach from Ange to say, a loving guys don't win your leagues. Mm-hmm. You need, I mean, and obviously we spoke last week about the fact that Celtic have now used something like 36 players. You know, you include the three new signings that, that played last night. Um, 
And his job, his challenge is to keep that squad harmonious. He needs to keep the, I don't know if there's 25 guys that are always in and about. He needs to make them all believe they're as important as each other, whether you're Kyogo or Scales or whoever. And and that's the kind of job Angel do. He's, he seems that kind of guy that he has the, you know, the emotional tel- intelligence and the people skills to to just keep everybody happy. Yeah, that's that's part of the manager's job, isn't it? To keep BC at Man United with the reports down there but they're not happy with the amount of players they've got and it's hard to keep people happy but for me as well I would like to see some outgoings before the transfer window shuts and I, I can give you three straight away Bolingoli, Adetti and Barkey Barkey and I'll tell you what I mean I was thinking about this this morning the, guy, the three guys I can guarantee they're probably the top six, seven earners yeah. at the club yeah, I think the problem, for example, with Barkas is he's getting about 20k a week, so he's not moving on for this. No, no he's not yeah. going anywhere. And why yeah. would you? And Barry's just got a new contract, so. Yeah, and I think that's just Celtic being smart, so you're not left without a, a bit of senior backup. We'll get to transfer stuff later yep. on as well, Sinky. You're jumping the gun again. Well, uh, just, much like myself last week with Riley McGree. How I peed by he played well last night. <laughs> good good, good uh, call, mate. He's not put a foot on for Celtic so just, Unless he's got a scarf above his head, stolen out the tunnel, he's no signed, right? Can hey, we just... We've been caught in that before. New <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Yeah, anyway. Going back to last night, did we see our first choice midfield three there? McGregor sitting with Hattati and Rodic. And obviously this is a lot based on who was fit and available. Turnbull we've covered. Is that the strongest three based on, on what we know and who we've seen? For, for me, that's your strongest three. Yeah, it might change a wee bit depending on opposition, things like that. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a, a slick mid three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're playing Rangers tomorrow, Sinky Cup final tomorrow. That's it. Is that how you're going That's with? it, definitely. A big, big time with a quiet game, but that is, I mean, obviously that's the first look at Hatati, but now he's he's straight in there, isn't he? Because we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Who's your who's your 11? And he's he's in there now. 100%. He's, it's his jersey he Yeah. Who, who covers him when he drops out in a few weeks? Nero. As a question, so I, so I, I put <laughs> out a team pre-match last night. I put out what I thought, or yesterday afternoon, I put out what I thought was going to be the, the starting 11. The only one I got wrong was Jota. I thought he may have got the nod but I got Jota wrong and Forrest came in. Everything else was correctly uh, put in correct. We had lots of, you know, comments and different people suggesting this, that, and the next guy. Our good friend Kush was banging Aye, the drum for Nero to start. Me. And I think, you know, he's, he's done well and stuff. But I think when we're at full strength, Beaton doesn't start for no, us. No, Maybe no. as covered as you say, but I don't think he fits. He's probably one of his best seasons he's had since I, I can remember. He's, he's never a centre half, but he's, he's been great. I mean... The Leverkusen gave me it off. That was a big turning point, but he's very, very unlucky. Um, he's no an Ange type pressing player, um, and he will play a part in the season. But he's no. I mean, I I was beating the drum from the other week, but now looking at Mister Hatati, that <laughs> Nero's just a distant memory for me now. Yeah, so long, Nero. Bye bye. As well as Maeda and Hatati, so they obviously caught the headlines and rightfully so. But the you know, with some real strong performances from various other players. So standouts for me, I thought Starfelt was excellent. Yeah, I mean, we'll cover him in a wee second because he's taken a bit of flack. I thought Taylor was very good mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan, generally speaking. I thought particularly when he stepped in at the midfield, you know, through the inverted fullback role, he played some brilliant passes. He clipped the one over the top that led to the penalty. He fed one into Hatati at the start of the second half and various other passes. He had a couple of slack moments in the second half as well, but generally speaking, I thought he was good. And I also thought Juranovic has, ju- has just slotted in there nicely. He's just steady. Technically, yes, yeah. you know, a very good footballer. But, I mean, who else stood out for you? Hey, as you mentioned, Starfield, I thought it was excellent, especially the first half. Um, mentioned Vickers. I like Juranovic. Um, very standard, they had the big debate about Ralston and Juranovic. But Juranovic, for me, 
has just came in. Um, I like him as a, I like him as a you see quite a lot of his clips. I, I like him as a person. He seems as quite jovial and yeah. fun. He's got personality. And if, him, if, if if that's in, and if you've got that an abundance, you're a good player. That helps. But I mean, for me, that was the the ones you've mentioned are the biggest standouts. Definitely, I, thought, I agreed on Juranovic completely. I, I watched closely when he takes his penalty kick. The ref blows the whistle, and he just waits. Aye. Second, second and half, goes. two seconds. Just everything else is bedlam around him. He just waits. He mixes it up all the time as well. Like, Aye, he's got he's them all Pacheta, in the Pacheta, so he's, doing, he's, doing, he's doing all sorts. He's, Did you he, call up an egg? Pancetta. Pancetta. I'm making my dinner. Pancetta. Pancetta. Speaking of jumping. So, he's got them all in his locker and then some. But I I think keepers are just guessing. You know, keepers through their goalkeeping coaches, you know, on the iPads and different stuff, they get the, here's where this guy puts it. You know, and with Harry Kane and stuff, you'd see like a trend you know all in the bottom left or whatever with this guy there's one there one there one dinked here roof of the net very yeah. hard to deal with isn't it it is and it, that that just shows you how confident he is as a player in his own abilities um, and he takes that, that that's a confident guy that takes that moment to just let everything settle settle in his mind pick his spot yeah. he's got a wee bit of character wee celebration as well he likes a bit of Aye. pizzazz yeah. to go about, punch back to you mentioned about Taylor it's quite interesting a lot of the fans you look at Twitter and stuff like he still gets a hard time like your, your, your ones that are getting a hard time are Taylor Starfelt and Abada uh, they three seem to be the ones who are the, the focal point of negativity no did well last night I mean, Abada had a poor game but Abada, it was, it was impactful back, you know? back, back, to the, back to some shooting practice but I mean he was involved in the two goals so yeah. he's, he's only 20 year old you'll always get people who need somebody not to be happy with you know, man, scapegoat Aye. you know the malcontents that need to, to pick on someone and despite you know I think last night was just wholly positive just lots to be excited about yep. but some people go oh that was great but he was murder. He was poor, and it's like just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, to to touch on the Starfield thing, you know, you and I have spoke at length, James. He's taken a lot of stick, and fans, and as fans, were right to call out things where you think he's had a poor game or been short. For me, there feels like there's something a wee bit more to it at the moment yeah, in the media, thing. like a bit of a vendetta yeah. for some reason. You made a suggestion that things are going pretty well at Celtic just now. There's a lot of positivity around the place. And are people saying, um, "Can we find a wee niggle here? Can one settle someday?" Yeah. And I actually thought Starfield came out and showed a bit of aggression and a bit of a point to prove last night. He was really hungry. He was going into things that he could maybe have sat back from, but he wanted to go and claim it and, and show the player he, he maybe can be. You know, I'm on record as saying I'm not sure about him and yeah. he, you know, might not be the long-term fix, but you can't pick a guy out who's in the stingiest league in the SPFL who had a great game. I mean, I listened to Radio Scotland on the, on the car home last night mm -hmm. and they just get horsed in him and you're going, wait a minute, clean sheet, stingiest defence, had a great game, What's the point of that? You know, you, yeah. it's, there, there's just no, there's no logic to it unless you're just trying to pick a thread because you can't find anything that actually genuine. Yeah, I mean, debating and you know, discuss, discussing footballers is nothing new, and you know, radio stations and others are right to do it, but it just feels there's something more mm -hmm. to it. Aye, but that's always been the case. It's always been the case when we're up, we're up, we're on the up. There's always someone who's ready to just knock you right back down again. It seems to be certain individuals and media outlets that like love it um, you I call them out you naming names I'm not, not going to name oh, names I like it I'm uh, not naming names playing it safe keep, keep it professional yeah. <laughs> First um, I know exactly but the, the two centre halves what I really liked about them last night the two of them what, as James mentioned they were aggressive every ball they were up in the air they were they were it was their ball to win. Mm -hmm. um, but Starfield, obviously when he's first came across, he's been quite apprehensive about not winning balls but it seems to be he's shown a lot of character and he seems to be going in confidence and like also like, we want him to do well. Do you know what I mean? We want him to do well and we want him to kick on. And some some players it takes longer to settle. But the, the signs mean I think it was the Hearts game. He had yeah. a really, really good game. He was yeah. man of the match in the Hearts game. And then last night it was like it was another good showing. But you mentioned the 
the midfield three. That's uh, for me. That's the that's Joe Hart obviously, and that back four is probably your starting back four. Mm-hmm. If, if the Rangers game is tomorrow, I think so at this moment in time, as well as having a really decent game defensively. Starfield also showed something going forward. He had the the glancing header where a bad end up crashing out at the post. Yeah, bad. I should have scored. He also had the the assist. But he has put his hands on uh, Hanlon, yeah. I think it was, assisted at yeah. the Carter Vickers. But he's also shown a presence in the, the mm. other box as well. We debate it, other Celtic you know, media and podcasts debate it, but Julian being around, there's no doubt that it puts pressure on him. And actually that's the benefit of having a competitive squad. Whether Julian comes back in or not remains to be seen, and you know we've discussed our different opinions on him. But the fact that he's around and putting pressure on Starfield even on last night, shown alone, it shows that you're maybe getting a bit of something extra out of him, and that's got to be yeah. good across the park where we've got competition everywhere. You've got, you've basically, you've got, you've got Welsh and you've got Julian, so you've got competition for, for both places, and Ange isn't scared to mix it up, so you're right, competition is healthy. Yes. Don't know how far away the big fella is, but you're right, it's probably up to his game knowing that he's in the background. You've got to remember, he's the most expensive centre-half I've ever paid money for. Yeah. He's getting to a good place, Um and it's good, you're right, you know, it's just competition. Yeah. James, you mentioned uh stingy defence, you know, in, in the record that we hold. So I think at the moment, uh, after last night, the record remains at 12 goals conceded after 21 league games. The lowest in the league, which is impressive in itself. And I think out with that early scare with Kevin Nisbet, where he... He's the bit, the he's buried that. I don't oh, know how he's missed that. <laughs> and I think they just caught his cold Perfect. there and that could have changed the whole atmosphere because everyone was buzzing and that was about two and a half minutes in. That could have changed the whole... Uh, I'd have been confident he got it back if he'd dropped that goal. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been great. You know, no. you wouldn't have wanted that. But that aside, um, and we'd mentioned the possession stats for, for Hibs, Celtic very much controlled the game and, and out with that chance, I didn't feel at any point we were going to concede. No, no not at all. But as I said, try to touch on it at the start, the Hibs have... Maloney's obviously tried to put his identity on the team. They've, they've changed the way they play. Usually they use Martin Boyle quite a lot more down the channels and he causes you all sorts of problems with his pace. But you can see Maloney's changed the ethos of the team, try to play it further back. But the only stat that matters, when you talk about possession, the only stat that matters is the score. So yeah, that's it. So. Um, again, just in terms of the records, as I said, only 12 yep. goals conceded. We're also unbeaten in 18 games domestically. So going way back to that 1-0 defeat at Livingston back on the 19th of September. As much as we've had a break there, generally speaking, we've just picked up where we left off. We're in good form and the players must be feeling good about themselves. Yeah, picked up and taken it to a bit of a higher level, actually, you know. So they've re-established the, the momentum we had and we've created new dimensions in the team. Much more positive. I, I find the slightly negative passing that was creeping in towards the, the end of that wee run. I didn't see as much of that at all last night. And against a team who were, you know, coming up to me and stuff like that. So yeah, confidence must be high. Definitely. Sanky, you touched on the, the strength and depth in the squad. And, you know, in fact, in recent weeks and months, we've talked about how little depth we've had on the bench at times. There's been games where Ange, I, I think back to the early, early stuff, the, the Mitchelland and beyond, where Ange just hasn't had any options. The game's crying out for a change. And then you, you check yourself who's on the bench and you go, can't do that. Stick with there, there's no change to be had. That's all now turned on its head. So last night the bench consisted of, of Jota. <laughs> Good stuff. That in itself is great stuff. And it was great to see him back in, you know, a fairly cameo type role. But what a quality guy to come off the bench. Gucci came in. I thought, again, done fairly well. 10 minutes, hard to see too much, but fairly tidy. I thought Jack and Marcus looked like a different animal than mm-hmm. the one that we'd seen before. It looked like a... A lighter animal, which is good. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter told me, so it must be true that he's lost eight kilos, eight kilos Since apparently in. in weight. So, but he did look sharper. You know, he's strong yeah. and he's putting himself about. He's a completely different player to Kyogo and, and to Maeda, but he looked like he was there to try and impress last night. He done some really good work defensively. If you've seen that towards the I end, double tracking back, some nice feet and found the goalie. You know, and others on the bench, Mikey Johnson who came in, Tony Ralston who's been a revelation. 
that's just last night's bench. So how encouraging is it for Ange to have these options available to him? You know, should he need to change it or, or freshen no, things up? That is by far the, the strongest bench we've had. And as I mentioned, the five subs is a big difference. It gives you that opportunity to kind of change various various positions and change shape and all that kind of stuff as well but it's very very encouraging um to have all those options available when not just options like quality options I mean you're, you're pretty some of them are just pretty much i know jack and mac is different because you're a different type of player but you're, you're pretty much like for like in terms of some of the quality i mean ralston Janovic, you're, you're looking at the right backs the, the, qual- the quality is there and it's not just the quantity having a big squad you've got a bit of quality there's james mentioned 17 18 potential starting 11 players within on that bench as well. Yeah. It means that you're not just making change for changes sake, you know, it's, no, it's exactly. quality changes. I mean, just think, they were the options last night and then that's before you've even added Riley McGree in at the next <laughs> game. So, Where was he last night? I just, I think they gave him a <laughs> night <laughs> off. Um, but very genuinely, there are still guys to come back to add to that. So Kyogo, of course, mm-hmm. you know, the main man is still to come back. Julian, we've discussed. Turnbull, hopefully weeks rather than months in terms of his injury, according to Ange. Uh, possibly even Karim Moko Dembele. We'd love to see him yeah, I'd hope so. make an impact. And all of a sudden, we just look very, very strong across the board. Yeah, and and really dynamic as well. You know, there's a lot of pace, a lot of fitness, a lot of hunger in amongst those players as well. And see, when you've got that alternating 18, the hunger never drops because you're thinking, I've got to keep my game up or that guy's going to come right in and take my spot. That's maybe what I've seen a wee bit of uh, with Starfield. You, you spoke about, you know, Julian Japan the door Starfield saying, well, I'm not going to make it a walkthrough for you. I'm yeah. going to make it difficult. Exactly. Everyone wants to be part of this thing. You don't think nobody wants to drop no, out. No, but even, even in the York, like training as well, I mean, we've brought in the three, the three Japanese guys and obviously the young Irish guy as well. But for the boys that have been there for the, throughout the season, to see three players come in, not just players, quality players, and seeing them every day, that gives you a lift as well. You, you, you start to see like, all right, we're doing all right since the Olympic game, as you mentioned, we've been, we've been doing really well. But to add quality to that just gives everybody a lift. Exactly. McGregor has been out speaking and talking about the the impact the guys have had in training, their, their quality, their energy, their enthusiasm. And good players encourage that competition. You know, you don't rest on your laurels at a club like Celtic. You want to see new guys come in because it's good for, for the whole group. It kicks you all onto different levels. Nobody wants to be a, you know, a regular part of a team that's not winning and competing. And you need to bring in your blood, particularly at Celtic. You know, you're only as good as your last game, your last season, your last trophy. And I think the the established guys, you know, the McGregors, the Forrest, the Rodgers, they'll be turning around seeing these guys and thinking, this is a real boost. It's completely changed. You think about the ones we kept, obviously for the, going for the 10 in a row stuff, the people that we kept that didn't want to be there. If you look at it now, we've got actual guys who generally want to be there and they've probably seen, like, like some McGregor's in the forest, I've seen a big change in the dynamics even the past year year or so from, from now back to back to last year. It's completely different. Yeah. James, you mentioned there that, you know, the term hunger and, and desire and it's, it's clear that that's there in abundance with this team. Yeah, and that just speaks to the manager. You know, that, that's what he's created. Um, I think he's also blown away the the groups that, that existed under Lennon and, you know, cliques, cliques, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got the team playing as a team and as a group. And yeah, the, the hunger is the biggest thing for me. I think so. Just on that Kugo news, so not to dwell too much on, on a slight negative, but Andy did provide an update this week and the hamstring that he's picked up, the hamstring injury does seem to be a wee bit worse than initially feared. So to quote Ange, he said, it's fair to say he hasn't recovered from the injury. We're still getting advice on it. He's not likely to feature in the next couple of weeks at least. It could be longer. In terms of definite timeframes, we'll get more info during the week. So it's not great and hopefully we'll get good news soon, but just pause, Sinky. Pause and think for a minute of a front three of Kyogo, Maeda, and Jota. That's 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 the three. Yeah. That's that's the three. How and good will that be? Do you know something like it's, it's bad news, and he'll come back when he's back. But if this was November, it'd be an absolute 
disaster. It'd be an absolute disaster. Yeah. We're lucky we've got the, the recruits that they cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, he's, he's just that front three you've mentioned. Yeah. That's, uh, that's tasty. I mentioned that <laughs> as much as he's been the star man and he is the star I man, so Kyogo's the superstar here. You kind of forgot all about him last night in a good way. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, come on, saying. come on, you. <laughs> Behave yourself. But there was, so much, there was so much else going on and Maeda stepping in and just, as you say, Sinky, if Kyogo had missed that cup final and missed some of the games before it, we might have been talking about playing catch-up in a big, big way just now. <laughs> We're still behind, but there's so much positivity around. Kyogo will be back soon enough and there's just so much to look forward to in terms of getting him back in. Yeah, Maeda's shown he can score Kyogo goals like he did last night. So... <laughs> It's not like you're throwing someone on and saying, you know, it's a totally different player. It's a real drop in quality. It's a less pacey striker. You know, he's, he's got a lot of Kyogo attributes. I want Kyogo back as soon as possible, but yeah. it's not the big drop that it once was. Yeah, there's no big headache when you bring Maeda in for Kyogo, is there? Uh, absolutely not. And I know it's no like for like, but they'll still have the same impact. Um, different players, but Maeda's more than capable of sticking a stick. As you seen last, last night against Tibbs, more than capable of putting the ball in the back of the net. So... If anyone wants to step up, Charles John. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we move on, I want to provide some details here of a competition we're running this week where one of our YouTube viewers will have the chance to win the home shirt for this season with their choice of name and number on the back. Rio 41 might be a popular one at this time, but that'll be up to the winner. Regular followers of the Celtic Exchange will know that in the last couple of weeks we've started filming our weekly shows and now post them each week on YouTube. You might even be watching us on YouTube right now. So as we continue to increase our following there, all we need you to do this week to be in with a chance of winning the shirt is number one, subscribe to the Celtic Exchange YouTube channel. Number two, like this episode. And number three, leave a comment on any of the topics that we've discussed tonight's show. That's it, simple as that. And don't worry if you're already subscribed to our channel, liking the episode and leaving a comment will automatically enter you into the draw as well. So get your entries in, good luck to everyone taking part, and we'll announce the lucky winner during next week's episode. So let's get back to the show. So James, the win against Hibs, that puts us within three points at the top of the table, at least at time of, of recording, and that in itself is a shift from anything we've seen last season. I think it was one of the biggest frustrations of the whole year where we just didn't really apply any pressure at any time. We do have some tough games coming up. Uh, we've got Hearts next midweek at Tynecastle, then Dundee United at Celtic Park on the Saturday, before obviously the Rangers game on the 2nd of February. James, how important is it that we find that consistency between now and that game and you know show that I suppose, relentless side that we really need to stay in contention. Yeah, so it's beyond consistency for me. It's, it's more towards the, the latter part there, the relent, relentlessness. Last night included to a certain degree. You know, I think they could have turned it into a 4-5-0 a last night. I thought Hibs came out and played a, a bit strong in the second half. So in the cup games coming up, you know, Hearts and United in particular, I really want to see us, you know, just really take a team on and, and get some heavy scores on the board. Um, the consistency obviously comes with that, but I want to see Celtic showing that they can really dominate a team. Yeah, I agree with that. Sinky, what do you think the, the message from Angel be to the players at this moment in time? Is it a, is it a case of blocking out the external noise and, and taking it a game at a time? It's, it's got to be. I mean, as as fans, we know we can't afford any more slip-ups at all. Um, I mean, we're on their coattails. So you mentioned last season, it was a, a bit of a non-event by, by this point of the season. The message is just to keep going and just keep plugging away. I mean, against Hibs, he, James is right, it could have been 3-4 four, 
And I do believe if it was before the winter break, it would have been fear for. I do think we gassed out a little bit, but the message is to keep going. Big games coming up. Hearts is a, a massive, massive game. You know what it's like up there. I think I've only got a thousand fans got to the game as well. So the old football cliche, it's one game at a time, but we really, we can't afford any slip-ups at all. And then, so just, just to make my point, any slip-ups up into the, the Glasgow Derby and then potentially we'll hope we get the gap to to three because um, I just can't see anyone doing us a turn at the moment against the other lot so we really need to keep the consistency going and 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 turn up in the second and beat them yeah as, as a club and as a team all we can do is, is take care of our own business a huge part of that and something that you can control to an extent as a club through your sports science and stuff but it's, it's remaining injury free so the game against Hibs Bizarrely, it's one of the few games in recent times where we've not picked up injuries. We've had yeah. all these uh, soft tissue injuries and muscle injuries. Seemingly every game it was happening. Not sure if you know much has changed. You know, there's been new guys introduced to the setup behind the scenes, but as well as getting the victory, it was also hugely important that we get through their injury free last night. They've had a rest as well, That's though. I say, yeah. No, sorry, yeah. you know, they've had, they've had a kind of many close season there. So those injuries, the soft tissue injuries, were picking up. It was because guys were playing. They're relying on the same players three times right? a week. Yep. So that'll be part of it. So we now need to make sure the conditions there that it doesn't repeat, it doesn't reoccur and that we've got the squad to, to balance that out in terms of guys playing time. Yeah. I mean, the games are relentless, you know, from here on in. It's it's, it's midweek weekend, mid, midweek weekend. We're back in European action next month against Bodo Glimt. There's lots of football to be played and I think Ange indicated as such in his post-match last night that there's so many guys will be involved it won't be certainly won't be 11 it won't be 15 it won't be 18 maybe 20 odd guys that, and maybe more that, that play their part you know over this next wee spell we've got a squad to handle that now we never, we never had that and we've got guys coming back we've had a lot of hamstring injuries and stuff like that as well but we've now got a squad to handle difficult situations where we spoke about Kyoga a minute ago you, you lose someone like that you're, you're struggling but now we've got people that come in like your, your Turnbull coming back Beaton stuff like that and McCarthy you've got a good good strong body a squad there so Kyoga was essential Aye. for the cup final if the cup final was tomorrow would it be essential Th that was the thing you know we gambled with him we rolled the dice for the cup final it paid off yes, on that occasion great gamble great gamble Aye. but it did come back to bite us not long after with the, the St Johnson game where we gambled on him to an extent there and it's it's put him out you know for a longer period of time but you're right James if the cup finals tomorrow and Kyogo is 50-50 or even 80-20 in his favour you say don't worry about it we'll slot my head in yeah, yeah. yeah so see, some difference you've got options all around I mean even I'll share this there's a graphic doing the rounds on Twitter in terms of the squad depth and you know just cover some of the sections but there's there's so many options in so many areas so even just you know attacking midfield you've now got Rogic, Turnbull and Hatati. Hatati is definitely you know that's where he would feature rather than left back or anywhere utility. Left wingers, Jota, Maeda, Mikey Johnson. Forwards, Furuhashi, Jack Amakis, Johnny Kenny, to an extent a Yeti, but I think he'll be off. On the right, Abada, Forrest, maybe Dembele coming back in. That's just the forward positions and there's so many more guys across the board. And the point we made earlier on, I think it really stacks up that nobody can rest on their laurels. It doesn't matter if you're Kyogo or even Callum McGregor. All these guys who would be absolute musts not so long ago they now know that there's people waiting on them who won't reduce the quality and they can you know come in and take their position if they have a few off weeks maybe Joe Hart Joe Hart is the only <laughs> man that is, is safe as houses but you know there's there's so many guys outfield that'll be spurred on as professionals they'll be kicking on but they know that Tom Rogic was guaranteed a game for such a long time now there's a bit more pressure on Tom Rogic I don't think he was at his best uh, no, last no, night definitely not. he set up the the opener but you know there's these 
chances for some guys. Andrew will, will be trying to freshen up the squad. He'll give guys opportunities, and it could lead to uh, guys a big time. In. But I think if you don't turn up in training as well, I've been looking at oh, it. Yeah. Was it? Uh, you know, he said he was quoted about the training, how intense it was, and he basically said you need to turn up every single day to even get a look in. And that's a massive difference between the, when he was doing the championship. That's standards. It's sta as standards. And if you don't, obviously the manager sees you every day. And if you're not reaching that standard, there's somebody else that can just come in and take your place. Yeah. I think, on you go. Just on that, the, 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 specifically on Rogic, having the, the, the not to be signed Riley McCree coming in was a, a challenge for Rogic there. Mm -hmm. That's now not there. And we've said we're not really looking for anyone else. That that shows a wee bit of inconsistency in the, in the scouting. Why are we going to sign him if we didn't want someone to put a wee bit of pressure well, on Tam. the argument back on that is that apparently Angie's indicated that unless something special comes up, yeah, yeah. he wouldn't go for it. Maybe he's seen McCree or something. The sake of it, but if we don't get any options out there that, that match up. But as I'm saying, maybe he feels he doesn't really need cover there, but there was a wee opportunity to get this guy for a couple of million. The deal changed and maybe he thought, well, that's fine, we'll let it go. I'd like to see a wee bit of cover there, but like you say, if the right option comes yeah. along. I mean, the, the chances are, my feeling is that Celtic aren't going to ask for a call up, call off for the 2nd of February. You know, there's debate whether they can or not, depending on who gets called up. Kyogo is probably unlikely to get called up now, according to the Japan national manager. Remember his name, Sinky? Nope. Nope, neither there. <laughs> so the suggestion is that Kyogo won't get called up. Maeda, maybe. He's only got a couple of caps. Gucci's not played recently for the national team. Hatati's yet to be fully capped. He's got Olympic caps, but he's yeah. not been fully capped. So there's a question whether these guys get called or not. One guy who definitely will get called, though, of course, is Rogic. But again, you then have options. So if Rogic goes, if Rogic wasn't available to his last night, you could have shuffled the pack. You could have put, you know, Beaton in or, or whatever else. You know, maybe Turnbull comes back for that game in 2nd of February, maybe not. But there's options across the board. That's the biggest quality gap, though, we have in the squad. Everything else you say, that's kind of like for like or just a slight deviation. The gap from Rogic to Pitono is obviously a big drop. Very, yeah. it, it almost changes the way you need to look at that game. Yeah, so another 10 required, do you think? McGregor, I don't know if you know. McGregor can do a 10 roll. Gucci sitting back. Quite, quite comfortably. So you've got that as an option as well. Don't you mention him in your, when you were mentioning your forward guys, but he can sit in there mm -hmm. and other guys can come in. You've got quite a few defensive midfielders. McCarthy. Beat on. Beat on. Yeah. So Soros out, I'm afraid. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Like he's, yeah. he's long gone. This will be a very interesting conversation a couple of weeks' time when we see who has moved on. I think, as you rightfully say, Sinky, there's there's some guys more obvious than others that they should be moving on for everybody's sake, you know, if not their own Dead. playing time. Um, so to get back to the, the schedule, before, you know, these league games we've mentioned, the Dundee United game, so the Hearts game, then the Dundee United game, and of course the Rangers game, we've got the Scottish Cup tie against Alloa, Saturday night, uh, half five kickoff, which, which in itself is quite interesting, you know, Saturday night football, but on an artificial surface, so so not so good. So it's the fourth round of the Scottish Cup, Barry Ferguson's team um, at the Underdrill Stadium. Um, James, I would suggest that you want to be very careful with certain guys on that type of surface. Jota just coming back. No point in risking Julian on that. Maybe a guy like James Forrest, who's, who's had different, you know, issues uh, in recent times. Who do you think he'll leave out or, or who do you think he'll bring in for such a game? How do you think he'll play it? I think Jota in particular, a uh, guy coming back from injury. Um, I don't know if Giacomacus comes into that a wee bit as well. You know, just coming back from injuries and a hard surface and things. I mean, I know it's lower league and stuff, but the, the plastic surfaces have got to go. You know, if you want to play football, you need to play on grass. Um... I don't know if you'll maybe give, is it Ola Uemi, the, the, um, the goalkeeper, B goalie? the B team goalkeeper? I don't know, is that a wee bit too risky? I'd say it is a wee bit too risky. I think he's more likely to give Bane some game time. But I think he's chapping the door. Mm -hmm. I think I, th I think part of the, the confidence in the Bane signing is there's a really strong young keeper coming through. So maybe just not quite this game, maybe just a bit too soon. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if there's guys you can get 
time into you want to give a guy's game time but not on that pitch so it's it's not like a normal game where you think oh there's an opportunity to give someone a wee bit of run out it does create a dilemma doesn't it because you want to give the the trophy the respect it deserves but you certainly you know wouldn't want to fall foul of any injuries it's the last thing we need given the the injuries we've had so far this season no no and, and the, the surface is it's just one of the ones isn't it? like I, I can understand the argument is the lower league teams need to have the surface to generate money for other revenues people hire in the park and stuff like that I mean I think Johnson will come in I think Mikey Johnson could possibly potentially play there but you like to see your jotters you like to say I don't know if you'll play Forest on that surface I wouldn't think so no nah, I wouldn't think so either so I think I think he'll, I think he'll rein the changes but I think you don't you can't mix it up too much you're right you need to respect the competition but you also need to respect the opposition to some respect as well so I don't know it's a hard one I think you know last night yesterday we made a a suggestion on what we thought the starting eleven was going to be I wouldn't even know where to start <laughs> no, I know I, I was just you, you can through my head there, have no right? idea it could be very mixed it could be Real Betis style lineup, uh, uh, true. or it could be 75% strong with a few fringe players so we'll see I mean in terms of we mentioned respect in the competition you know how important is the Scottish Cup to you this season or, or not where do you rank that? I'd be consistent on that I'm not interested in anything but like but, but to the point where you would just put out any 11? No not at all I mean you want to go and win games but when it starts to stretch out later in the competition I'd be much happier to well Take your pick. Is it Scottish Cup or League? You know, if you if you were given the the choice. Yeah, but it's not that isn't the choice because that's not the way football works. So what if we get to a semi final? Fairly straightforward. We win the next you know two three games. We win a semi final. You happy enough to go out a semi final when you've got the carrot of a a season ending May time cup final? No, and you never would. You always you want to win every game. And I think now we're starting to see a squad that can rotate and and win games without dropping quality. You know, rotating that quality in the team. Um, it's just not where my focus is. That is all. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's there's no doubt the league is the be all and end all, but you still want to be competitive and and make sure you you don't let yourself down anywhere. No, absolutely. And the the Scottish Cups are it's a great deal in in, in May. Oh, yeah. And you know what? After last season, and obviously we won the league cup, every every opportunity to win something and, and be successful. But obviously Celtic, that's part of the part of the ethos of the club. Um, but yeah, obviously the, we talk about priorities. The leagues, the leagues, the main priority. But the Scottish Cups for me is is, is, is important. It's important yeah. to important to the fans. Where, where it is interesting and important is there's only one team in Scotland can win the treble this year. Yeah, so that's that, and Andrew's made in year when he was written off early in the season. So that would be. Yeah, that, I mean that was Paddy's call. Paddy, <laughs> I think Paddy's got us down for a quadruple. Actually, he's got his, they fancy he's got his clinching that uh, Europa Conference League as well. So yeah, you can't win a quadruple without a Scottish Cup. So we'll need to add that into the mix. But yeah, I think Celtic will be respectful of Alwa. I think the team will be reasonably strong and certainly strong enough to take care of that. So we'll see how Saturday night football plays out. Um, just to return to the transfer window, so we're recording at this moment on 18th of January, so less than two weeks to go over the window. And he's made a conference last week. Andrew's quite firm. He's actually quite strong on it, the fact that he's not speaking stuff to up. any targets and anything else is just fabrication, in other words, of that ilk. That may change, of course. You know, you might lose a couple of guys, which maybe free up some wages. You might lose Barkas and need to get somebody more senior. A Yeti maybe frees up some wages. So that could change the lie of the land. And as I'd mentioned with somebody like Riley McCree, McGree, doesn't matter, he's gone. Someday, <laughs> <laughs> uh, someday Someday special may come along. And maybe it's back out in Asia or might be, you know, we've been yeah, linked with various guys, you know, in that part of the world. So there could be somebody that comes along. But certainly at this moment in time, he's indicating there's no no more activity planned 
where would you be at with that, Sinky? How would your confidence be if you know that's what you've got for the remainder of the season? I'd, I'd be alright with it. Looking, looking at the, the Hibs game and looking at the squad we spoke about in good detail, I would be alright with that at this moment in time. You're right, but it really depends on, on outgoings. But you know what? This, this is one of the first transfer windows I can remember when we've not had key players linked to clubs around Europe or down south. Like I can't, I can't recall. Obviously, I keep an eye on the, the rumour mill, but there's been nothing I've seen for us to be losing any key players to go out and have to replace. It's just kind of the dead, the dead wood. That's what we need to do. Because the thing is, the guys that we've brought in, they're just in. Aye. More or less the guys that start the That's game. It, they're they're, they're brand new. McGregor's obviously existing. Guys at McGregor's committed to Rogic, James Forrest. These guys aren't going anywhere. The big, the big, the big one for me is getting Jota in a CCV. That's that that would that would just be the perfect transfer Aye. window. That would be the one. I think that should be done as a <laughs> out, out with the transfer window. signings that obviously it'd be great to get those guys signed up. It's essential we get those guys signed up to look at building this team going forward. They they kind of and, and I don't doubt that Michael Nicholson and others are spending most of their time this week in the start of next on moving these guys on the guys who are not going to play because it's a frustration and you know football squads aren't an exact science because it's people you're dealing with so mm-hmm. in the Barca situation you're saying I want you to leave he's like well I've got 20 grand a week don't be daft mm-hmm. so you've got four maybe five guys there that Ange knows aren't going to feature in his squad and that's a bit of a frustration where he's like I could get rid of those four or five and bring in two that I'm definitely going to use that would really augment the squad so I'm sure they're all thinking along those lines it's just a matter of we've got to release these guys first before we can bring guys in yeah of course I mean there's you know for for all the the noise at the start of the transfer window or even before from the, you know confirmed the Japanese guys and then Johnny Kenny I think was confirmed last Saturday night so that, that was the 8th of January there's, there's been no activity in or out since then and that that itself is quite unusual but I wonder if in terms of the players out that's the kind of stuff that happens in the, the dying embers of the window the last three or four days there often is that's how agents work and that's how they get the best yeah, leverage. deal for their clients and people are Desperate for a striker, so maybe I get to get some move somewhere, for example. But they're so far at the equation. I know Eddie has been injured and stuff like that, but they're not even in the window. They're not even, do you know what I mean? These the clubs looking at them, but like, well, they've not kicked the ball Aye. for such, such a long time. I mean, Barkas was at St. Johnson, he played. Yeah. Um, but you've not, they've no, no other club or potential suitors seen them play. So they're just going to basically read on the Eddie. We just we bought them based on a, a win, basically. Aye, just, just roll out the YouTube clips and we'll, <laughs> exactly. we'll see that. Oh, exactly. I think that's where work teams do get desperate. And, you know, I'm trying to think where an Ayeti ends up beyond Celtic I'm not entirely sure but we'd even pass a fitness test just now well he wouldn't no. you know, that's the thing people have taken a gamble on the fact that he may you know you may be alone to sell yeah something like that but he knows you know and all these players know and their agents certainly know how it works they become more valuable the closer to the bumper he gets so it may be that we're trying to move guys on while being mindful of the fact that as you say James players are human beings and they've signed contracts and they may want to enjoy their 20 grand a week I would. that would be nice so that might be the case that we we do see a flurry of activity towards the end of the window. But to ask the same question I asked to Sinky, in terms of incomings, are you happy enough if we don't bring anyone else in? Yeah, like I said last week, that the competition at the back is good enough at the moment. I think it's perfect. I think it's, it's good enough and I think it can take us through the season. I Just I suppose the Riley McCree one, as I mentioned earlier on, there's maybe a, a, a wee bit of a desire for man to have a little bit more of a a Rogic type in there to provide that competition outside of that pff, who could you sign that you were going to play where, where would they play there's, there's so much depth there now yeah I mean I, generally speaking we've mentioned left back a few times you know and if a superstar came along but generally speaking really it need to be somebody special to come on up front left wing right wing midfield now but even at that when we had Ralston and Janovic 
and you know, it, obviously I'll turn up sides. It, it, it worked out, but actually it wasn't the worst. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst situation. So you've got that as well. I know you have, you're wanting two players for each position, but we've got that flexibility. We can just move across. I know it's no natural positions, yeah. but it's an option. Definitely. I mean, you know, people mentioned it was going to take Ange two, three, maybe four windows to get this right. And whilst I don't believe, you know, I'd be naive to sit here at this moment in time and say we're, we're absolutely there, but we've certainly made a right dent in it, haven't we? And, you know, we're, we're close to being what you'd be. You know, fans are never happy. You get greedy, you want more. But I would say, generally speaking, across the board, people are quite satisfied with, with where we are just now. Yeah, but it just is. Look, look, look to your weakest point and you're going, it's, it's not awful, you know? And if, like you say, you take me back just six months ago, you'd be going, where to start, you know? Usually, right, when we recruit five players, one will be good. <laughs> you're, looking, you're looking at one. 20% well, strike. I, honestly, one, um, you get the project signings and stuff like that, but... But with the job, I mean, that's him. Andrew's quoted one of his. He's six months in, and the job that he's done, the, the two windows, um, has been nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah, it's been remarkable. There's an irony here, just, you know, I've mentioned there's not been much of anything in terms of ins and outs. There is an irony that there actually is an exit that's happened in the shape of Lee Griffiths. Obviously, I don't know if the club have officially confirmed it, but the suggestion is yeah, it's confirmed. the party's over there. Ironically, he was one of Ange's first signings, you know, huh. first signings, inverted commas, because he had to sign due to the lack of strength. He had to say, I need some sort of right. recognised number nine. Yep. And we signed him in the deal and we know how that all unravelled. He's now moved on. It's almost uh, symbolic, you know, to get a bit you know, dreamy about it all, but the fact that he came in and it almost symbolises the turnaround here that he now exits at a time where Celtic have just really found where they are and he just doesn't fit in at a Celtic team. And anyone who carries the kind of baggage he he does or the kind of stuff that goes with it. Yeah. But they're, you, they're not going to fit his system. Your man next is said that at the very, very start. And I remember you saying it, Ange won't suffer fools gladly at all. Obviously he made signed Griffiths, but that was needs must at the time. But he, 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 he got his number eventually and that's, that's the end of it. But James, you, 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 did, you definitely did. Quote, you did say that and if your face doesn't fit and you're not pulling your weight. And yeah. Griffiths, it's a shame because... There was a player in there oh, and a, a massive, like, it was, <laughs> when Ronnie Dyer and stuff like that, and then obviously Rogers, at the start of Rogers' um, tenure, he was, he was fantastic. He was unplayable at yeah. times and it just, his, his, his decline's been a bit, it's a bit sad. Um, but it is, I mean, football. he's one of a very limited number of Celtic players that have scored over 100 goals. Yeah. I need to check, it's something like 20 odd players, maybe less, I need to check on that. But he scored 123 goals in 261 games with the club. He's won lots of trophies, but it's also a case of what might have been. Nobody likes to see unfulfilled potential and yeah. talent, and and he's he's sold himself a bit short, hasn't he? Absolutely, and you know I, I was a huge fan of Griffiths over years. I don't know if football is going to develop in a way that you know you, talent, flawed talent like that gets recognised early, and a bit more of a mental health package goes around the guy to make sure he can fulfil his potential Maybe. because there's no doubt it was there. But to your point about Urigidi earlier on saying you need to be there every day, absolutely slamming <sighs> yeah. it. Can you see Griffiths doing that day in, day out in training, you know? Sticking his, you know, he's uh, doing, a, doing a 10K in his car and sending it yeah, the, the, the ability is great, but if you look at the attitude, it doesn't make any value of a difference. Yeah. Exactly that. You can have all the talent in the world, but you need so much more to make it as a footballer, you know, that desire, that work rate, and a wee bit of luck as well. But 
you need to bring more to the party than just a wand of a left foot. Dundee you know. was kind of last chance saloon for him and he could even see the season out there. So aye. Yeah, I don't know if they're even going to keep him on in it. Um, it looks like he's kind of let James McPeak down as well. He's aye. a mate of his. Yeah, giving him a chance and, and that's that. But yeah, it, it's probably um, a disappointing end all round. You know, Lee Griffiths, the club, the fans, just in the way that that's all fizzled out. But he moves on. Andrew's very respectful in his comments yeah. and kind of wishes him Made all the mark, best. Yeah. So James, as we start to wrap things up for today, have you any final thoughts for this week's episode? Just great to have football back. Um, since the start of the season, we look forward to every single game that's come our way. So, you know, the Allo game is an interruption in your uh, the flow in the league, but it's it's in a bit of intrigue itself as well. I thought it was good there was an option they could have taken the game away somewhere else for a bigger crowd. And is it Mike Mulraney? Is that the right guy? I think so. Allo, he yeah. said he wants to keep it in Allo for, for the town, you know, get crowds in there, get them into pubs and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's a lower team away in the Scottish Cup so that, that's good fun Saturday night half five football and stuff like that obviously nice and quiet for January for us but for others they can have a good time yeah. um, and then romance. and then back into um, the league in two really big games against Harsland and United so yeah just really enjoying it all be interesting to see if any exits come in the next you know 5, 10, 15 days um, and then if we could sign just one more just one more be greedy, greedy. being a greedy fan <laughs> I greedy. Like, always want more James McGrady uh, thank you for you let you get up the road for your pancetta. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts for the listeners? Are you looking forward to Saturday night football? Do you know something? Actually, I'm. Um, it'll be interesting to see the lineup. As you mentioned, it's really hard to to pick that one. Um, but every game you're looking forward to now. Um, Hibs, loads of positives, but I, I do believe we're still in second gear coming back for the for the break. Um, Hearts, Dundee United, and then and then the big one. So loads, loads to look forward to. It's great to get the the boys their debuts. Um, I think there's a lot more to come. Definitely want yeah, to come. 100%. So, version 2.0 of Ange Postacoglu's Celtic is well and truly up and running. And if the performance against Hibs is anything to go by, we can now look forward to an exciting and entertaining second half of the campaign. Kyogo brightened up the first few months of the season, and it looks like his countrymen are here to provide more of the same. Thanks to James and Sinke for joining me in today's show, and of course, our thanks to you for continuing to follow and support the Celtic Exchange. Please continue to do so by liking, subscribing and sharing this episode far and wide with your Celtic Network. It really makes a big difference to what we do. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Podcast Network.